We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So with countless questions swirling around Odell Beckham Jr.'s surgically repaired knee, which of course sidelined him the entire 2022 season, two brand new reports on his physical health, they should bode well for what he can provide the Ravens come September, Sarah. Yeah, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport provided interesting and surprising context related to OBJ's knee pre-ACL tear. And ESPN injury analyst Stefania Bell spoke with OBJ surgeon directly for an inside look at his recovery. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It's Wednesday, April 12th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, the ballpark offer from the New York Jets to OBJ has been leaked. I'll do a side-by-side comparison with the Ravens OBJ deal and explain why some of the overpayment cries are exaggerated. Plus, should the Ravens keep their foot on the gas and make a legitimate run at DeAndre Hopkins now? Rich Eisen weighed in with his thoughts. We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, those who were not in favor of the Ravens going after Odell Beckham Jr., Well, they've been quick to point out both his age and the two ACL tears and the fact that the latter of those tears forced him to miss all of last season. Yeah, Sarah, we haven't seen him suited up in NFL game action since the Super Bowl back on February 13th of 2022. So look, I totally understand where those folks are coming from. But based on what we've learned this week regarding the physical status of his knee, I think there's some reason for optimism. All right, so let's let's go back. In that Super Bowl against the Bengals prior to blowing out his knee, OBJ had recorded two receptions for 52 yards, one of which went for a touchdown. He was in route to just a straight-up banner performance. But one thing that we didn't learn until just recently, thanks to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, is that he wasn't even 100% healthy prior to that ACL tear, even though he had that big performance. Here's something interesting about Odell. Like you showed the clips of him playing for the Rams and, you know, had he stayed healthy in the Super Bowl, probably is a Super Bowl MVP, I would say. I mean, you know, he looked really good. He, his knee, his ACL was not fully healthy at that point. Obviously he tore it 
but it was not healthy before that. And I think we've discussed this here. You know, a year removed, more than a year removed from ACL surgery, his knee is probably healthier than it has been in quite some time. Like, that is, they're going to be getting a very good and very healthy player. A couple years older, but much healthier. So he'll turn 31 this November, but now knowing he wasn't even fully healthy prior to that Super Bowl ACL tear, yet still found a way to gut it out? I mean, it says a lot about his inner dog that he's obviously made a career out of, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's ranked first in NFL history in yards per game, which is at 92.9 through the first 62 games of his career. So there's a real component of explosiveness on its way to Baltimore that, frankly, we haven't seen in years. And that's if he is healthy, as multiple reports are indicating he will be. And another one of those reports that you mentioned there comes from ESPN injury analyst Stefania Bell, who had a chance to catch up with OBJ's surgeon, and I thought did a great job of detailing the structural damage and recovery timeline here. Listen to this. People have become used to ACL injuries and recoveries, ACL reconstruction. We hear it all the time. We see players come back all the time. But the fact is, what Odell had was a second ACL mm. surgery on the same knee. We call that a revision ACL. And it's different because it takes longer to recover. It's typically a, a more difficult recovery. You can't progress it as quickly because when you have that injury twice, there's hypothetically more damage within inside the knee. And guess what? We've never seen an elite wide receiver return to form after this type of injury. But... <laughs> Give me the butt. <laughs> but there might there's there's reason for optimism here. Yeah. And let me tell you why. We got a great picture here uh, looking inside the knee. So you see the ACL uh, on the diagram there. And the ideal graft when you have to repair a torn ACL comes from the bone, tendon, and bone of the patellar tendon. A lot of times when you have a second surgery, that might not be available, especially if you had an injury on the other side. In Odell's case, it was available on his opposite knee. So he's got the best kind of graft in there. Second, he did not have significant cartilage damage. When you have two mm. injuries like this, you worry about this inside lining of the knee, damage to the cartilage. That can impair your future. I've been told that he had a good-looking knee on the inside, so his recovery was allowed to progress at the rate of a typical primary ACL recovery. Well, Couple that with the fact that he had a whole year off from football, so he's got fresh legs, and a solid graft, and I think you're looking at potential for him to actually return to the level of receiver that we saw before. I really, I understand I'm simplifying this here. It almost feels as though with the structure of the knee that he didn't have the second ACL tear. It's almost as if it's only one, and then there was a whole lot of time to recover from that. I know I oversimplified, but still... That's the confidence level here. Yeah, and consider, yes? you know, I spoke with his surgeon, Dr. Neil Elitrash, who is also the Rams team physician, who had the ability to watch him with the Rams and really knows this guy. And he said he's going to be a monster this year. You know, he was also a monster back in 2019, Sarah, as a member of the Cleveland Browns under then offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who's now in Baltimore. Now, the two only spent one season together, and it didn't go well success-wise in Cleveland, but... OBJ did finish that year reeling in 74 receptions for over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns with a 55.6 completion percentage and 7.8 yards per target. So again, we've mentioned this before. Those two are familiar with one another. Todd speaks very highly of OBJ, and clearly OBJ thinks highly enough of him on top of the payday that he got 
to come to Baltimore. Still to come here on The Vault, we're diving deeper into why I feel like the reports that claim the Ravens gave, quote, one of the worst contracts to OBJ and why I think that is a completely exaggerated statement. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Sarah, in Tuesday's morning vault, you had uh, teased a deeper dive into the contract that the Ravens gave OBJ, and you'd mentioned that the reports that they overpaid him were totally exaggerated. So let's dissect this now. What do you got? All right. Well, first, Bobby, let me be clear. I do agree that the $15 million guaranteed with another $3 million in incentives, yes, that was indeed an overpayment. Let me make that clear. I'll push back on some of the more wild and exaggerated statements I've heard, and I'll do that in just a minute. But before I do, I think that overpayment is an accurate adjective. I think desperate is even a fair description. My personal favorite way to describe it is that the Ravens stuck their neck out for OBJ. But really, how can anyone argue otherwise when national reporters checked with various GMs around the league and they all said they weren't offering anywhere close to what the Ravens gave. So let's take what is believed to be the second best offer that OBJ got from the New York Jets. So here's what Rappaport told the Pat McAfee show. I don't know for sure. Uh, My sort of sense was it was around like the Michael Thomas deal. Again, like this is just my, my, my thought. Yeah. No, no, it was like 10 with a chance to get to 15 or something huh. like that. Oh, okay. Hmm. Um, so, it would be, you know, like you'd say like up to 15, but then it would really be like 10 base, something around there. Yeah. Which like if you had told me three weeks ago Odell's going to make 10 million base with a chance to get to 15, I would say very solid. This is more. This is a lot more. Okay, so those aren't technically hard numbers from Ian, but if it's in the ballpark, it sounds as if Baltimore paid $3 million more in total value and $5 million more in guaranteed value. So, yeah, I mean, that's a significant increase over what the Jets were offering, and it also sheds more light 
on why OBJ decided not to take that visit up to New York, right? Like, had he done so, Baltimore could have just said, hey, the deal's off the table if you go. So, honestly, that's a nice little $5 million carrot that enticed him to stay. Yeah, for sure it is. So, like I said, there's no way around it. It's an overpayment based on what the market was offering. But here's the thing, though, Bobby. One could easily argue that an overpayment was necessary. And here's why. It would not surprise me in the least if OBJ would have been willing to pay for, what, a million or two million less elsewhere. And why do I think that? Well, that's because we've seen that in recent history in Baltimore. Just think back to both T.Y. Hilton and Juju Smith-Schuster. They both took less money from the Colts and Steelers, respectively, instead of signing a higher-paid deal from Baltimore. And why is that? Why would they make that choice when we all know that players' highest priority is to secure the bag? Well, it's because of this. It's because the Ravens have created a poor reputation for themselves at that position. There's no other way to say it. You can blame it on Greg Roman and his scheme. You can blame it on John Harbaugh for his statements that he's made about not begging wide receivers to come to Baltimore. You can blame it on the front office, whoever you want to blame. The bottom line is that the Ravens have a poor reputation for wide receiver play. I mean, nobody has made the Pro Bowl here as a wide receiver. So how does Baltimore dig themselves out of that self-made hole? Well, Eric DaCosta has tried to draft his way out. Now, he did hit with Marquise Brown, but he didn't like Roman's scheme and asked for a trade. Rashad Bateman has yet to catch fire along with other later round picks. So it's back to free agents, but they won't take market value to come to Baltimore. So the Ravens had to bite the bullet, especially to help entice Lamar Jackson not to hold out and offer not just one million or two million over the market, but several million over the market. They for sure put their neck out, and there really is no better time than now to do that with this whole Lamar situation overshadowing everything. Okay, so let's get into some of these exaggerations about how bad of a deal this really is. Who exactly are you referring to? All right, well, I'll just give two examples. First, there's former NFL executive and Cleveland Browns GM Michael Lombardi. He tweeted, quote, Odell has to be one of the worst offseason signings based on talent to contract. I don't get it, three exclamation points, and a close quote. And then former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker had a similar sentiment, calling it, quote, maybe the worst contract I've ever seen the Ravens give out, close quote. And he simultaneously took a shot at Lamar for his negotiation tactics. So while it was an overpayment, you take issue with the language that it's one of the worst contracts, right? Like, at the end of the day, it's hard to say that when it's just a one-year deal. Like, there's not a ton of risk involved here. Right, exactly. It's a one-year deal. And with a one-year deal, even though there's void years attached, that isn't going to ruin the Ravens for years to come. And here's the other thing. The proof that's being used to say that it was terrible, the proof that Tucker used, was that he compared it to the $11 million deals. They were the top deals that were given out this offseason. Well, why are we only comparing it to this year's wide receiver free agency class market when we all know it was a weak class? Let's look at the wide receiver market as a whole. OBJ is getting the 23rd, okay, the 23rd most in average annual money this year. That's not a ton, the 23rd. 
Guys like Hunter Renfro, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, and Allen Robinson are some of the guys who are making more. Bobby, it's standard wide receiver two money. And the Ravens are asking OBJ to be borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. So listen, like I said, yeah, it's an overpayment based off of the market. And they are taking a risk with OBJ's health, though, as you outlined, there's optimism around that. But they needed to put their necks out and take that chance, especially to help make Lamar happy. So the worst contract? Yeah, no, not even close. If it doesn't work out, everyone moves on one year from now after this experiment. All right, Bobby, so far this offseason, as we know, the Ravens have begun retooling the wide receiver room. We've talked a ton about OBJ. There's Nelson Aguilar via free agency, and we know they will more than likely add another target in this month's draft. But can they pull something else out of their hat, Bobby? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they sure can. It's just a matter of if they're willing to do what it would require. And of course, we're referring to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, Sarah. The 30-year-old is scheduled to have a $30.75 million cap hit in 2023, which would be the highest team-wide out there in Arizona. Yeah, we're over here talking about $13 million for OBJ. I mean, that's a massive figure for a team that's essentially in the middle of a mini-rebuild, having overhauled its coaching staff and part of the front office this offseason. Which was probably in part why they granted him permission to seek a trade on his own earlier this offseason. So a trade would save the Cardinals over $8 million in cap space, but would leave the organization with over $22 million in dead money. But at the same time, either releasing Hopkins after June 1st or releasing him before that and designating him as a post-June 1st release would save the Cardinals over $19 million in cap space. So there is some options here. They seem to be willing to at least listen. I wouldn't be surprised if something doesn't get done, though, with this team, whoever it ends up being, in Baltimore or elsewhere, uh, probably not until closer to the draft or maybe even on draft weekend. All right, so let's get to it. Tell me. Let's get to it. Who's banging the drums nationally for the Ravens to pursue Hopkins? Well, apparently it's been a week full of Rich Eisen content so far on the vault, hasn't it? Uh, listen to him. It's totally changed the tenor of the conversation on the spot. And we, you know what they should do on top of it? They should call uh, the Arizona Cardinals. What, if, what do you need for DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, wow. Keep going. Keep going. Lamar's not going to sign a tender or want to go play with those two guys? With that running game and Roquan Smith coming downhill in the middle of that defense? Get out of here. Won't cost him a one. You could still use your one. Go for it. Absolutely go for it. I know they don't have all their draft choices. They're, they, 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 they've they already lost some. But go for it. As they already said, second round pick, they don't have it. Huh, the second round pick was Roquan Smith. That's what DaCosta <laughs> said last week. Sold. Okay, fine. Here we go. And you know what, Sarah? Honestly, I don't think it would be impossible for the Ravens to pull something like this off on draft night or in the coming weeks. And we both know that EDC has been able and willing to work the phones on draft weekend. And we've seen trades executed back-to-back -back years, matter of fact. Now, depending on how their draft board shakes out, perhaps they'd be willing to trade down from 22nd overall to accumulate some picks. Since right now, they only have five to play with at the moment. We've joked time and time again that that is keeping EDC up at night. But 
in that scenario would then allow them to use, say, I don't know, a third rounder. And I'm basing that off of what the market has dictated in recent months at the wide receiver position to go and maybe acquire Hopkins. The Cardinals have reportedly expressed a willingness to restructure his deal so they can find a market for D-Hop and maybe, just maybe, they'd even be willing to eat a portion of his 2023 cap to get something done. So again, I wouldn't look at this as being outside the realm of possibility, but I do think a lot of it will depend on how Baltimore's front office grades out this year's wide receiver class, especially if who so many of these draft experts feel is the top dog, Jackson Smith and Jigba, is off the board come 22nd overall. So something to be on the lookout for in the coming weeks. And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with various reports stating that top wide receiver prospects in Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison both had pre-draft top 30 visits in Baltimore recently. So with OBJ, Aguilar, and Devin DuVernay all scheduled to be unrestricted free agents next offseason, you better believe Eric DaCosta will want to start reloading at that position. Also, NFL reporter Aaron Wilson reported that the Ravens' new deal with linebacker and special teamer Christian Welch is for one year and $1.01 million in salary. And finally, YouTube has announced its pricing for the new NFL Sunday ticket, which used to be exclusive to DirecTV. So if you're a YouTube TV subscriber, the price is a bit hefty. It's $350 for the season or $250 if you purchase before June 1st. Now, if you are not a YouTube TV subscriber, it becomes $450 a season or $350 early. So yeah, that's a hefty price, but a necessity if you're like me and out of the Baltimore market. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please consider joining one of our membership platforms at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. As you probably know by now, we have been betting on ourselves by creating content independently from any big broadcast station or corporation. And with your membership support, you'll give us a chance to keep churning out daily Ravens content for years to come. And a special shout out to one of our newest patrons who we reached out to to get this pronunciation right. So I'm sorry if I get it wrong, but our newest patron, Tibor Topher. All right, we'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today, but we will be back on Thursday with the Ravens news you need to know. Yeah.